Say What? Say What Radio Show. With no agenda. It's always a surprise. But if we're not having fun, we're doing something wrong. And welcome to the Say What Show. It's April 22, 2023. My name is Nancy Hopkins. With me is Dolly Howard, Walt Silva, and Mona Radler. So um, I guess Dolly's back. Yes, Dolly, you there, hon? Yeah, I'm here. Jan's done. <laughs> Jan, it was wonderful. Thank you very much. I know. She she gives us so much good information. Yes. And I, it tickles me that she's she's reading Fulford because we did that for, I don't know, about a year yeah. worth of shows, you know. Yeah. And, uh, but, uh, yeah. And, Walt, are you doing good today? Uh, yeah, I'm I'm cool. Thank you. You're cool. Does that mean it's cold outside? <laughs> well, it's fresh. It's cloudy and it, it's frisky. So it's it's, it's cool Friday, uh, springtime in Minnesota. Not like springtime in 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 Miami. Probably not, because we go <laughs> kind of. We probably are in your summer during our springtime. Mm-hmm. In Mona Radler. How are you? Well, it's actually kind of funny. Last Sunday, I was on a round table. And about 1.30, a 100-year-old, 100-foot tree fell in the front yard. The world heard it. And it's still in the front yard. I almost sent you pictures, but I forgot. I mean, it's huge. And I mean, missed the house, but not really. So no real damage to the house. But I would pray to that tree every time I see it, don't hit the house. Don't hit the house. And it didn't. So when positive thoughts work are miracles, that was one of them last Sunday. Wow. Um, I, You know, that hitting the house by trees, when Irma, the storm hurricane, hit us, it sat over my property for 60 hours. That's six zero hours. Now, it wasn't like huge amount of wind at all the time. It was mostly about, I, don't, I would say, around 65, 70 miles per hour, continual wind. But then it would have these bursts, and it would go to, I don't know, maybe 90, maybe, you know, somewhere. Because all of a sudden, you just get this burst of energy coming through the 60 hours. By the time I got back to my property, I couldn't find the house. I got completely disoriented. There was so much down. And when I finally, well, I'm looking around. I was like completely in a forested, a downed forest. And I'm looking around and I see this color. I go, what's that color? And I realized it was a shed. I was actually walking away from the house. And by the time I got to the house, I couldn't get through the front door. I had to clear my way to get through to the back door. And there was three, the tops of three trees on top of the roof, plus a whole, I mean, it was just, the house was covered. And uh, I, I was completely devastated. I mean, hundreds of, a hundred trees came down. I was completely devastated. I was just so pissed off about, you know, guy, why did you let this happen and blah, blah, blah. So, because at that point, with that much tree on my house, I thought I must have stuck structural damage, too. But as I start, oh, this is the other weird thing is that out of 
the entire neighborhood, uh, a tr- uh, part of a tree came down on the power lines, and my neighbor across the street called the power company. So it's the first minute they could get there, they got there. And uh, my next-door neighbor told me the story. Um, it was 11.30 at night. They came in, and they turned on her power. And the reason she was telling me this is that she said, your, your power might have come on, too, because I think we're on the same line. And so I went back, and I had turned the power off in the house, and I turned it on, and sure enough, I've got power. So now I've got power for the tools. And so I start to cut my way, and that that concept of they missed the house, it was like as I start to clear, I realized that the tree's almost like, I mean, the tree should have come down directly on the house, not kind of twisted and turned. In the front, In the front yard, the ficus tree, which was, Oh, my God, it was one of the biggest ficus trees I've ever seen. It was huge. The footprint was huge, but the, you know, how much was above it. I mean, I spent about $1,000 every other year to cut that tree back and keep it, you know, semi under control. And that sucker not only fell away from the house, but it twisted as it fell and the electric line and the cable line that went through the trees were still standing the the trees guys that came were like how the hell did that happen they'd never seen something like that so i can totally understand what you're saying about the tree coming down and missing the house but not really type of thing you know because it you know that it was something in that tree that said i will not take that house out and yes, praying to it, I mean, having that kind of relationship with a tree, with a- anything in nature, it's when it, you see the demonstration of a sentient being in the tree. Mm-hmm. I know those trees were coming down going, don't hit the house, don't hit the house. I had one little tiny scratch on the house. The trees, the, there had to have been at least two tons of of tree up there, maybe three. I don't know. It was, it was a top of three big trees. And when they finally got cleared, there was one tiny puncture hole in the roof. And it w- didn't even go through the, the entire shingle itself. It never hit the wood. Now, I did see a structural crack in the, in the house. Um, but it was no big thing. It, you know, mm-hmm. it surprised more wasn't there. Um, now, was this a tree that was old and just came down by itself, or was there high winds or something that took it down? No wind, no water. It was just its time. And it was funny because my monitor is facing the window, so I saw it going down. <laughs> and then it just went crash. Everybody heard it around the world because it was at Revolution Radio. And I'm, I'm running out to the landlord, wake up! <laughs> we just had the tree fall! Oh, it was like, shh. No, it's, it was happy. It was blooming. It was still partially that we could tell alive. It was just over 100 years, and, and it's over 100 foot, and... It was just one of those things that I feel we were very blessed. And I kept telling everybody, you better feel blessed. <laughs> well, could Mona, what were you doing sitting on the table? What? 
Why were you sitting on a table? What do you mean? Did I say table? Can't you say you were sitting on a table? Round table. The conference call. Oh, Oh. Oh, jeez. I can be so stupid. Oh, I got you now. I do every Sunday at Revolution Radio. I was worried about why were you on the table and you could have got hurt. Oh, dear, oh, dear. We were lucky that there wasn't anybody outside on the deck because it destroyed the porch, took down the grill and the other table. But the glass tables that were out there, not a scratch. And they could have been crashed. I'm talking this tree, you would have needed at least three and a half people to go around it, fingertip to fingertip, just to get around it. It's huge. And, of course, they're talking seven grand to get rid of it. Homeowner's insurance isn't going to cover the whole thing, but, hey, it's, it's that big. You could make furniture out of it. It's so big. You could probably build a little house <laughs> if you knew how to plan it all and all that. Can you hollow it out and make a cabin out of it? Yeah, wouldn't that be fun? Mm-hmm. But who has the equipment? Mm-hmm. Who has the strength? I mean, not everybody around here is in their 30s. In fact, there's nobody around. Well, no, the one girl downstairs might be in her 30s. But she needs to leave. She needs to get out of here. <laughs> no. She hasn't Man- paid rent. She's never paid her rent on time. Manifest Why? it. Oh, we're trying. Trust me. Good. But it's just one of those things. There's two people in the house that are like that, that we're trying to eliminate. But for some reason, we haven't been able to. Huh. Wow. Well, God well, bless the tree. I yeah. know. I'd love to see some furniture made out of it. I would love, I mean, even if we just cut a bunch up for firewood, I mean, but who knows what the future holds. Well, you know, when I have it, when I have to cut a tree down, I always have them leave the, a stump. I don't have them grind it down. Oh no, the roots came out. Oh, the the, 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 the roots came up too. Well, because the reason for it is that the trees all connect in the subsoil; they're all connected. And when I have to take a tree, I always talk to the tree. Um, what happens is that you take down the tree, but if you leave that stump there with the roots still all connected the system has time to be able to make other connections amongst itself and i was talking well way back in andrew i think that's 98 uh, hurricane andrew um there was a tremendous amount of devastation and i was talking to the i call it the mother tree it's it's just a mango tree that's been there forever and um I had one time said something to the tree and then walked away and I was about 20 feet away when I started to hear the answer and I went, oh, they just don't answer right away, you know. So I had been able to develop a, a communication with the tree and I was lamenting I was the loss of all the trees throughout South Florida. 
And the message she sent me is, is don't worry about it because the energies of those trees go through and help the other trees, the surviving trees to be, you know, more secure, more, you know, filled with energies. So after that, I felt a lot better about having, having to cut a, a tree like the last tree I took down. Well, next to the last was a Ponciana that was absolutely gorgeous. It was over the street. Okay, but the power lines were to one side of it, and that's why it was moving towards the street. It wanted to get away from those power lines, and both myself and the the uh, tree guy, the guy that cuts, um, we were looking. He's, he's an arbutus, arbor, arbor, right? Arbor. He, yeah, arbor. and he's he's completely you know certified and everything. And so we're discussing it because it was essentially a healthy tree, but it was a not a happy tree because of the power lines. And so we and <clears throat> it was only a matter of time before the lean would get so bad that it would be very dangerous. So we had to take it. And I, it was such a weird feeling because I just cut down a beautiful, beautiful tree. And yet I felt happy. I felt like I had done something good for the tree and the tree systems. It was just... Uh, an interesting experience because I'd never felt that happiness, you know, that that tree was so unhappy that um, it just wanted to go back to earth and, you know, energetically have another form and merging with other trees or something. So your tree is probably still out there energetically someplace. Well, we were ending up with strange holes in the yard. So I think the roots were already dying. I'm hearing a lot of this is happening up north where the oak trees are ending up with really shallow root systems and they're just falling. So it probably has something to do also with the chemtrails or something. But yeah, tore up the drive. Let me ask you, was there, um, so you was semi near a driveway or semi near a sidewalk or Hold any up kind? Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, pulled up the driveway. Okay, what we found out down here in South Florida is that trees will come down if they're if they're close to like a sidewalk or a highway because the highway that the the surface is is got stuff on top of it, so less rain actually permeates the soil and the root systems become less on that side where the where the cement is where the covering on the surface is and so that's why because this was a mailman i think and he's going like i'm seeing these trees down but they're all by the side of the road and they're all falling away from the road he says does that mean that there's something wrong with the root system and so we talked to a few people that know more about it and they went yeah it makes sense that they're not getting enough rainwater on that side because of the surface covering right that makes sense yeah so there could have been some damage on that one side and it just especially if it was in bloom maybe it got you know heavier on the one side towards the roots and just pulled it down but bummer but yes a good bummer in the way that you know there's always something well there's not always something but very often there is that silver lining <laughs> it gave three of the housemates something to do that 
time because they had to make way so I could go get my Sunday pizza and beer. Oh, <laughs> okay. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> um, Dolly, you said you had an exciting week here. Did you want, want to have a list or just a story? <laughs> Oh, the, the exciting day that I have is just a story. I have a couple things on a list, though. I didn't think I was going to have time. Um, and that's childhood friends from high school, Rick and Christy, who are married now, have been married a long time. Um, they came. They got here last night. I said, yeah, toward toward evening yesterday, and uh, we have been having such a good time, especially Rob and me, and uh, uh, Walt. I want to say while I'm thinking about this, thank you for for uh, doing that thing with me because I have been able to keep up all day long with all the stuff that's been going on. Uh, I am, I'm still not tired out. It's, it's doing something to me. Um, well, thank you very much. Um, so this morning, well, last well, night, wait a minute, wait a minute before, before you continue. All right. After you, after your story, let's have Walt talk about what he what he did for you. Okay. Oh, let's okay, just not okay. forget to. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. Sorry. Well, last night they got here kind of late in the afternoon, and and we ordered out to uh, Longhorn and and ate, and then the pool was the water was just just walk in from the down the steps and I didn't have to adjust to the water. It was perfect temperature. And so I said to them, I'm going in the pool because we had talked about it and they were iffy on it. I said, well, I'm going in the pool. Y'all have fun. If you go to bed before I'm out, have a good night. And they all ended up in the pool with me <laughs> and that and Rob and Christy. And it was so much comfort. Uh, I felt comfort and like this is the way it should be and I'm so glad they're here with us now um, we just talked and talked and talked till finally I couldn't stay awake anymore and I had to get out and they stayed in another hour so they were still in the pool at midnight <laughs> and oh, we were looking up. That's why I was headed this way. We were looking up at the sky, and I saw a light like a star way up in the sky, and it moved, and it turned a color. I said, "Wait a minute! Do you guys see that star right up there?" And it moved again. And Christy said, "Oh, the one that just turned a color and moved." I said, "Yes, it was a UFO." Because a star wouldn't move like like that thing did. It did right angles and and it would uh, it would go forward and then all of a sudden it's going backward without waiting in between and and it played that light that it had, colored light that it had. 
but it was way, way, way up in the sky. Um, so we saw a UFO last night. And it happened as I was talking about the man in the moon who's driving the moon around. Because the moon wasn't there last night again. It's been doing a disappearing act quite frequently lately. I don't know where it's going to. Uh, but the sky hasn't been really cloudy bad because you can see the moon through the lighter clouds. Well, we haven't been seeing it like we should. So I... I don't know what that man in the moon is doing, driving the driver of it. <clears throat> so we were talking about that. And um, so we all went to bed. I got up in the morning and Rob was already up. So our front screen door has been broken for a year now. Because I bought it brand new a year ago. And Russell has worked on it. His bo his uh, boss, Merrill, has worked on it with Russell. They both installed it in the first place. Wrong. And then Damien, and that's what she says they're not girlfriend, boyfriend. But uh, they do things that are girlfriend, boyfriend things. So I don't know what to call him. Damien, a guy we know has worked on it uh i forgot who else worked on it but anyway rob went out there today and he fixed it oh my gosh it was a miracle but i always look at rob as an angel anyway earth angel and he, it's fixed now and he He's one of those people that they have to work all the time, all the time. All, they can't take a vacation because they have to work. So I w was prepared for when they arrived here. I had a couple things lined up for him. And I had told him about the screen. Of course, he saw it when he came in the house. And uh, he had so much fun today putting that screen, fixing the screen. Uh, Christy and I were out in the rocking chairs watching and talking to him, and I got a fan to blow on him, one of those stand-tall, tower-type fans to blow air on him because it's hot today. And uh, so that was fun. But we had to get some different screws so we knew we were going to have to go to True Value, which is just down the street from us. And he went out to look at one of the back screen doors because it doesn't shut right. And uh, he figured out we need a new latch for it. So we went to True Value. And as we walked in, there was one of the workers just leaning against the cart. He said, can I help you? And... So Rob said, yes, this is what we need. And he brought the latch and the screws with him. The guy said, over there where it says hardware. I said, he said, just let me know if I can help you. So uh, like me, I always do this. I said, well, what is your name? So I can call you when we need your help. And he's Larry. And I thought Nancy's cat. And um, <laughs> then... We got to the back where it said hardware, and we needed help. So I called out because Rob said, well, where's Larry? I need him. So I just stood there and said, Larry, 
Larry, we need your help. <laughs> and I had told Larry my name, so he he knew how to address me. And he came over, and he was really very helpful. And and it made an impression on him that I cared enough to ask him what was his name. I, I could see his demeanor. You can tell in the people's mm-hmm. demeanor. And he was just, he was so happy that I had asked for his name and used it. <laughs> so we had a, a good time there and made connection. And and then uh, we, didn't, we didn't even eat. They were snacking, but I didn't eat until 3.30 because I was having so much fun. <clears throat> and so Annette and Rob and Christy went over to it's by Orlando. It's not St. Mary. It's St. Cloud. No. Oh. Lake Mary. Lake Mary. So they went over there because they got some things they want to do there. Uh, they'll be gone for a couple nights. And then they'll be back. But as Rob was going out the door to get in the car, I had hugged him goodbye and said, I hope you have a good time. And, and uh, I know you'll love your surprise over there. Because Christy got tickets to take him to see some uh, do- donkey, mules, some mules. Because he was uh, been talking about that for a long time. I really want to go see these special mules. So she got him tickets. And the lady who owns the mules worked with Christy to make it work out so this can be a true surprise for Rob. So I'm anxious to see his reaction to that. But anyway, I don't know how it got on the meals. Um, he came back and he gave me another hug and said, I so enjoyed being around you. And uh, it was like he was saying a final goodbye to me. Uh-oh. And I thought, no, God, please not final. I didn't know which one of us would be leaving, going home. Uh, so I I asked God, please, no final goodbye. Just, but he was almost crying, and and I thank God that, uh, and that met them years ago, and uh, so oh, we got to talking about when we lived in Venice, and and that and I. And Rob and Christy and their two kids came down to surprise Annette on her birthday in July. And one of the Joys we were there. And how the police ended up at our house. <laughs> and Christy says, I'll never forget the police lady who was so scared you were dead. I never forget her looking at you and sternly saying, Dolly, you don't call the police when your friends come to see you. <laughs> And I said, but I didn't call the police. Our neighbor behind us had called the police because we were, Annette was screaming so loud that the neighbor heard her and thought she was being killed by Dalton because that's when Dalton was going through his very bad drug stage. His awful, awful, awful time there. Uh, And the police were at our house all the time. Um, So we had, we had like one, Two, three, four, five, 
five police cars that I can remember who came screeching up to the house. And I went to the door and, and I said to the guy, why are you here? Dalton's not here right now. And, and we're not looking for him. He said, we heard somebody called and said there were screams coming from your house and we were afraid. <laughs> they were so afraid for us. Well, we were talking about that and got to laughing because now it's funny. Back then it was kind of, uh-oh. <laughs> uh, so that was the last time that we were together. And that was quite a few years ago because we've been here now since t- 2017. Really? And that's how long we hadn't seen each other. It was just so good to be together. Going to make me cry here. Time flies, doesn't it? Oh, my gosh. I remember when you were going through all that. Oh, it was awful, Mona. Thank God he grew up. And now he won't even take an aspirin. He he had to go to the hospital for something. I can't remember what it was. And they wanted to give him pain. And he, he said, no, no, don't give me anything. And, oh, he needed stitches on something. They finally talked him into uh, letting them numb where they needed to put the stitches, but he wouldn't take any drugs even at the hospital. He's afraid that because he has an addictive personality that he will get hooked on drugs again, and he doesn't want to. Oh. I I thank God that he lived because we didn't think he was going to live through it. It was that awful of an addiction. <clears throat> but he's doing better now. So we got to talking about that and laughing hysterically. And But, well, I still am not out of energy. I laughed so hard I cried. And my, I still have energy, Walt. Thank you so much. So now the kids are on their way over to St. Mary. No, no, no. It's not a saint. Lake Mary uh, for a couple of nights. And then they're going to come back. And that said, why do we have to come back then? Christy said, because we want to be with mom a little longer. (laughs) I thought, bless her heart. (laughs) And then Rob did that, where he hugged me a couple times like it was the end. so I I said some prayer about that. But, uh, you know, the, I, the, the connections that we have made in our lifetime, this is what another point I'm trying to get across with this. These connections that we make throughout our lifetime, maybe they're just for a minute. Maybe they are for uh, a few years. But when... When they are, the connection is so strong, and after so many years, you can get together again. And it's just like you really haven't been apart. And it's so wonderful. It's so comfortable. And uh, there's no jealousy involved. Like, Rob and I spent a lot of time be- together because of the doors um nobody got jealous about anything it it was just very comfortable here we are together again 
And I just thank God for things like that. So when you're talking to people, when when you're getting to know people, um, realize that you might be parted from the people you really don't want to be parted from, but you don't know when you're going to be together again, and it could be this lifetime. So never give up uh, thinking to... Never think to yourself, I'll never see these people again. Well, you just might. And when you do, be happy together. Enjoy each other's company. And and that was my fun day. Cool. That's cool. Thanks, Mona. Paul, why don't you tell people what you've uh, done to help Dolly, have a nice day. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, the whole story began last Saturday because last Saturday on the Say What show, um, questions were asked and uh, we asked Dolly if she could uh, call the posse to ask ask certain questions and Dave showed up. But uh, Dolly sounded a little bit out of breath she felt tired she felt she had no energy but still she didn't want she didn't want to object to calling the posse she was willing to do it anyways even though she felt tired and she felt she didn't have an energy so i thought well why not do something to her help her and i do have a picture of her that she sent me and the first thing i did i went directly and put the machine on the on the scalar machine i put her photo uh, so even if it, it gave her a little bit of energy, something something to help her, because I know it drains her to be in contact with the posse. It's not a simple, it's not a straightforward as people think it is. It, it is energy drainings, um, especially in her state. So uh, that's, that's all it was. It was an, an, an effort on my part to try to help her and give her some energy. And I thought, well, it's, it doesn't, it's not hurting me and it's not hurting her. So I just left the photo and it left the machine running. So it's been running since last Saturday. And look at the benefit I received. <laughs> oh, Walt, I can't thank you enough. Yeah, I, I can never thank you enough for that. And one of the things I have on that machine, since you can, in the machine is made up of the two units, the transmitter and the receiver. And the receiver is the part, is the part of the machine where you can put things to assist. So you can put like uh, herbs, uh, you can put uh, medicines, you can put crystals and stones. And one of the things that I have sitting in that machine is one of my resonators. I have the Hoponopono resonator. And the Hoponopono resonator, I always remember when I when I assembled it, when I uh, designed it and I doused the, the value of the Hoponopono resonator was that uh, when this gentleman who does uh, radionics work, uh, uh, he he's used to cor- he uses radionics to re- correct crops instead of using uh, chemistry. He he is a, he heals crops by using radionics. So he says that when he's doing that, he has to well, go through 150 um, factors to correct. Any problem that uh, that that a crop is having, and factors like humidity, uh, alkalinity, 
uh, all these things, he has to go one by one checking them and then correcting them using radionics. But he found that when he used the essence of Hoponopono, that's all it did. With one, with that single essence of Hoponopono, all, all factors got corrected in one go. So that's what's sitting on the receiver machine in order to help whoever is the subject of the two units, whoever's picture is sitting there. In this case, uh, I have uh, Dolly and I have my mother's picture hanging there between the two units. So whatever uh, you are in, whatever you're needing, that's what the Hoponopono resonator is doing. So my intention was just to give you energy because it's, yeah, I know, I know it's tiresome when you're in session with the group and, uh, and I thank you for uh, wanting to do it even though you were tired. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to do it for everybody, for, for all y'all and I don't want to be stopped from doing something that I think is special for the people who are hearing it because they asked me for it periodically and I was asked for it then and so thank you Walt for helping me to be able to help and to you're very welcome and I'm glad please. that I'm able to do something <laughs> it's kind of a very it's very frustrating when you know somebody needs something and you're like your hands are tied you feel powerless and I wish I could do something for this person well uh, in some small way I was able to help you so Oh, that, that that's wasn't good small. That was big. Thank you. Big <laughs> way, welcome. Walt. Big way. <laughs> <laughs> I was so able to enjoy um, Robin how about, Christie. How about some dancing now? Can you dance now? <laughs> no. <laughs> I attempted to, but I couldn't. <laughs> we were when we. Standing in true value, Christy and I were standing together, and somehow country western music came up. Oh, it was playing on their intercom, but I couldn't hear it. And Christy said something, and I said, "You know, when when I was in the group Parents Without Partners, we a group of us from the group took country western dance lessons, and I tried to show her some. I couldn't do it." I, I tried to show her some of the steps, and I, I, but I was just happy to be standing there, not in my wheelchair, and I didn't have my walker. I had Christy's arm. <laughs> so sounds good. Yeah, it does. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So was Mister Turtle with you in the pool? Was he? Oh yeah. Oh. Yeah, they were asking about Mister Turtle, so I had to tell him. <laughs> They didn't even look at me like I'm crazy. They know me. <laughs> I've been crazy all uh, since they've known me, so it was nothing new to them. <laughs> they accepted him. <laughs> Isn't that amazing when you come across people like that? Yes. And, and you don't have to explain yourself and you don't have to con control what you say because I better not say anything because they're going to think I'm crazy. And it's it's so... it's it, truly feels like coming home. Oh, yeah. Finally, I can be myself and not yes. have to worry that, oh, I'm going to offend somebody or I'm going to scare somebody. Oh. Yeah. Yep. But you know what? I put that aside from me. I don't feel that way anymore. No. What, what I feel 
is what I feel. And if people around me don't like what comes out my mouth, then they can leave. (laughs) I agree. You got to live your authentic self. Yes. And that's one thing Rob said to me. You always tell the truth. No matter what's going on, you always tell the truth and we can rely on you. I hadn't thought of it that way. Isn't that a big, a giant load of bullshit, the whole thing called political correctness? Not not wanting to offend anybody? Oh, come on. If I I need to watch out every single word that comes out of my mouth, so not to offend anybody, then what what am I dealing with, children? Am I I talking to a crowd of five-year-olds? How many people have you wanted to go up to and say, you are such an (laughs) a-hole? <laughs> oh, I just, I just want to walk up to them and slap their face and say, "Get real." <laughs> right, but we can't, and we're better just leaving that kind of stuff alone. But right, as Annette points out, it's not worth it. No, they aren't worth it. If that's the way they are, they aren't worth it. Geez, you guys are violent. Yes, yes. we are. <laughs> <laughs> what is uh, it? Oh, now, oh, down. Oh, <laughs> what? What is your plan now? Well, my, 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 what, what I suggest is that you only talk weather or sports. <laughs> <laughs> and depending on the person, uh, you might not even be able to talk sports. Right, right. <clears throat> but, you know. For, forget about the weather because you could be talking about the, the weather stupid. modification. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and chemtrails and whatnot. Yeah. These days, no matter what you say, you get in trouble. That's why I decided, too bad. I am who I am. Well, Robert Kennedy just announced as president of the United States. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they so they were doing a little bit of of stuff on him. And one of the things that he said, just I was I was double overlapping. He said, yeah, he says, everything I say, they call a conspiracy. But the shelf life on that is about three months now. (laughs) 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 And it's true. I remember when his uncle Teddy was told if he ran for president, he was going to be killed. The mafia threatened him like that. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so it surprised me when Robert said he was going to run. Not me, because he did a a speech in Milan, Italy, I believe it was, to a million people. And he said, I will die with my boots on. He he knows exactly what he's setting himself up for. I admire him very much. Yeah. Well, he wrote the book on Fauci that is absolutely going to burn Fauci. <laughs> I love that. I do. <laughs> and it was a bestseller, even though they wouldn't even put it on the New York Times list. Uh, okay, I got. I got to walk away from the mic for a minute because it's raining and there's thunder, and the dog needs some CDC oil <laughs> to calm down. I'll be right back. Okay. Talks okay. amongst yourselves. Mm-hmm. I'm glad, I'm glad to see things, things to a light, a light others might be able to actually see it. Do you hear the echo? Oh, now yeah. it's gone. Because oh. <laughs> so much of it, I mean, uh, 
I don't go out much, so I can't say, but yeah, I'm not going to placate an illusion that's such a lie that people are going to get hurt from it. And that's a way that a lot of people want to live, is just to live in the illusion and placate it. And I'm like, how do you do that? I can't, I don't even want to know, actually. Why did I ask? <laughs> well, it, it was a, a reason for me to say goodbye to my father during his life, when he was still alive, because he had this, uh, growing up, he always kept saying that, oh, always tell people what they want to hear. You always tell people what you want to hear because nobody wants to hear the truth and blah, blah, blah. And he, he was an expert. I mean, that was his mastery. He was a master hypocrite. And it's like, and he thought it was a, a, a big thing. Um, he had actor training, you know, he'd been in the theater. So he knew all everything about hypocrisy. So one time we had a very serious conversation. It was just the two of us in the house. And I remember asking him point blank. I said, does this mean that if I really, truly need your help and your advice, you are not going to tell me the truth. You are just going to tell me what I want to hear. And he goes, exactly. And I turned around and I said, okay, that's goodbye then. I never asked him another question until the day he died. I, I never asked him anything. And we never had a serious conversation about everything. If we spoke at all, it was just trivial, nonsensical. Because why? Why bother? Why bother asking him if he's going to tell me what I want to hear? It's He's no use to me. I'm sorry that it had to be that way, but that's what you want. Yeah, one of the first things I say to people is I don't talk superficial. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I don't understand that superficial type talk. Why even bother, like Walt says, why even bother to carry on a conversation if you can't believe a word the person is saying? Yeah. That's a waste of time, waste of my breath, waste of energy. And when I find out a person is doing that, I just end it right there. Well, you know, I'm pretty good at chit-chat type of stuff. No. But, yeah, I, I, <laughs> I could talk about just anything under the world, right? But my problem is that I find these people excruciatingly boring. Yes. And so I just stay away from them. I don't have time to spend on them. Tell the truth. You're embarrassed when people see you yawning all the time. Uh, they hardly <laughs> see me because as soon as it, it's one of those situations, that's like, you know, I just zone out. I just, you know, I start watching. I don't watching. stick around long enough. <laughs> no, but if I, I'm stuck someplace, I kind of just zone out, you know. I just nod my head like I'm listening to him, and, you know, that seems to be enough. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. No, they're boring. Yeah. Yeah. I've gone I, and listened to some comedy shows, and I was the heckler just because all they could do was derogatory stuff, and I had to ask them why. You know, why do you have to make fun of things that are you know, scary and stuff like that and just ridiculing, you know, things and conditions. Wouldn't you be better off trying to help fix it instead of making fun of it? You know, but yeah. this was yes. true. 
What is what that? I have no idea. I don't know. It's not here. As soon as I said so something, it went away. Well, I oh. hear a scary sound, and before I was um, echoing, but then it, there it is. There it is. Did it come back? Is somebody brushing their teeth in the background? Not me. Oh. With an electric it's toothbrush. Those, it's <laughs> those guys listening in to us again. Can you please stop making so much noise? Uh, can you please mute your mic since you're just eavesdropping? <laughs> you, don't need, you don't need a mic to listen to our conversation. <laughs> well, they're right, welcome right. to participate if they want, but not with just sound. I mean, crapola. Because you're boring. <laughs> <laughs> Very boring. Oh, oh my goodness. Oh, Nancy, Nancy, I wanted I to... Oh, there's the echo again. I wanted to tell you that DeSantis Trump ad where uh, DeSantis looks so bad, that's the real Trump. Did you notice that? No, Dolly. I, I'm... I'm, I'm I have a problem with faces. I, I, I don't remember faces. I don't do faces well. And I can see certain changes in Trump. It's definitely not the guy that used to be. Uh, whoever's here now is like a younger version, <laughs> sort of. Um, but no, I, I I think I see him in the real one. And, and you tell me, no, it's not. <laughs> so I don't know. I didn't notice but that's why I wanted to mention that to you, because I'm always telling, no, that's not the right Trump. But this one, I believe, is the real Trump in that advertisement. <laughs> I haven't seen that, for the first one, right? The, the first ad? The first ad, Trump against DeSantis. Yeah. The nasty one that we don't like. Right, right. Yeah. Um, okay, uh, Next, if I see it, I haven't seen it in a while. DeSantis coming out with his own ads now. Yes, he is. Is that the real DeSantis or the clone? No, it's the clone. Oh. The real the one real is not The is real one isn't around anymore. Oh, okay. <laughs> this is getting confusing to keeping track of the clones and keeping of the uh, actors and the copies. Right. And, oh. It really is. I don't, a lot of times I don't know who's who anymore. I, because I don't want to pay that close attention, but the old ones that I used to be watching, uh, they pique my attention, and I take a look. All these players, you know, they should be issued a button, like when you have the when you're wearing walking around with these buttons, like I voted for this or I voted for that. But you know, a button saying, "What reality are you on?" Yeah, um, right. This this one reality or that or reality number two or reality number three or. Or some kind of label, so I know that what I'm looking at because this is getting so stupid. <laughs> well, you know, you know, last night I was watching Fox News and they panned away and they had a shot of the White House, and it was really a kind of a it was right on top of the White House, but it was focused on the roof. Uh -huh. And you know, there is not one guard there, not one. You used to see when Trump was there, they virtually had missiles on the White House. Yeah, yeah. And there's no guards, nothing. <laughs> there was nothing there. And I thought, wow, I don't know how they're pulling this, you know, White House thing off, but 
it, how many okay how many players are out there how many players know that it's all in malarkey I news media does because they go to the so-called press conference in the white house that's bullshit they are but not gonna speak i i can't i, I just the ability of all these people to keep it quiet, I just, yeah, yeah. there's so many leaks of people talking all the time. Nobody cares about, you know, keeping their oath of, oh, I swear I'll tell I will never tell anybody this. I, it's just gotten very, very confusing. And the other question I have is what, what happens when you start to say, well, this one is a clone, that one's dead, this one, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I mean, who are you going to believe? Yeah. One one of the things that I saw in the uh, the John Claude show is that they brought up the subject is that uh, you know the the uh, this lawsuit by the brothers you know didn't go through now they're they're chasing another angle someone has in, investigated and found that there is nothing on file indicating that Kamala Harris or any of the others ever swore are ever swore into office. They, were, they, were, they couldn't find any any record that they are sworn into office. That's how stupid this whole thing is. <laughs> so. well, well, do you remember when when there was a, a video? Uh, somebody on Facebook who goes to Washington and, and does sort of like Nancy Drew, and I was thinking about her. I wonder what she's doing. I haven't been over there in probably years. Um, but anyway, the, um, the they have a national museum in Washington of the presidents is the presidential national museum. And so this guy goes down and he's videotaping and he's saying, okay, so people are saying that blah, 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 blah. And he goes and he shows you what they're saying. They have this big whole display of Biden being president. Okay. But then as you walk beyond that to the next sort of display place, this huge uh, compilation of all the presidents, George Washington, and they'd give when he went came in and when he went out, and it goes all the way to Donald Trump. And it's got Donald Trump 2016 dash and nothing. <laughs> and no Biden. And this was, this was last year. And I mean, he, he was he was like Wow, this is true. People had said they had seen this, but he had to go down there and actually videotape it. And it was so strange. It's like, how in your face can you get this is the national presidential? And it's too blatant to be a mistake, correct? I would think (laughs) somebody should lose their job if they, I mean, they've got a Biden big display about him being president at the end. And you just go around the corner there, and here's this thing, and it's got everybody, Trump, 16, dash, no no finish, and no Biden. It seems it would have, I mean, two year, two and a half years into the administration that's yeah, there, yeah, I think you should have got I, that I, right. Remember, remember I mentioned that somebody posted, posted it on, on Facebook. Facebook. The, uh, the uh, clip from the TV from, from the TV newscast where they were showing this. The, the crowds on the street they were talking about Trump being arrested and they were and and the the person who's talking 
you don't see the person talking uh, in the camera, but you hear him say, you hear him say, well, because the president and an actual and uh, something uh, actual President Trump some what actual President Trump? I thought he wasn't the president anymore. <laughs> so that was quite a slip of the tongue, right? <laughs> I've heard reporters accidentally slip up like that. It just makes me laugh. <laughs> So but that's just how much of an illusion that we've been programmed to accept because especially if you're watching the TV where all the major programming comes from. I mean, it's very sad because the children will never know the facts because for one thing, they're taking them away. They're burning all the books and making what kind of sex you want to be more important than life itself where i saw this one video today and this guy i think of myself as a woman and i have a gun and i'll go into the female bathroom if you like it or not and i'll fight for any of their rights to do it and i'm like oh my gosh this is how bad life and society has become through all this Bullshit? It's, it's, you know, excuse me. You're born a male, you're born a female. How do you change God's law? How? How do you change universal truths? Well, that's, that's a cabal thing. You know, the, the, the cabal, they, they snub, they, uh, snub the, the thumb at but, uh, the creator. So they, they, they don't care. They say, oh, we, we, can, we can improve on your creation. We're better than you. So Look at all the movie stars. They do it like a, it's like there's not a single actor, actress that hasn't operated their children. Look at uh, uh, this, this blonde woman uh, who I can't. Uh, oh, uh, Charlize Theron, the the little boy. She started dressing him like a girl, and then there's an, another one. Uh, who was it? The the daughter of this. Uh, of this other actress start dressing the little girl as a as a boy so they they start off right away whatever sex they're born into they they haven't you noticed how how many stars they don't they don't produce natural children they're all adapted because they can't that's interesting oh well didn't share start that though with chastity she dressed her as a little girl she's the first one that i recognize that truly came out as a um, gender change. I, I thought the girl was gay. No, she, she used to dance with the stars as a man. Oh. No, so I went, thought she yeah, was a girl, but she sure. was gay. Yeah, just the bono. She came up, yeah. she was a little, I remember she would show up in the Sonia and Cher book. Sonny and Cher show, she made an appearance once and she was just, she looked like she was five years old. Right. So she was a girl. Right. Well, she, 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 no, the, no, she, she was a girl, but right. to be gay, to be gay, you, she would have been a lesbian. She's a trans. Gender, yes. Yeah, transgender, because she is dressing herself as a male. I don't know if she's gone through gender reassignment or not. 
hormones. Yeah. yeah, or the hormone thing. And, you know, I mean, that, that transvestite that shot the kids, you know, the in, the in the Christian school there, they still haven't released that manifesto. And what does that manifesto say that they won't release it? You know, well, this is all a false flag. It's all a show to get people to be divided. Now people are going to be against Christians or or what? Because why would you go into a religious place and shoot children? Why? Well, and they're still they're still fighting the uh, getting rid of guns. They, they, they want to do it. They want to get rid. Look, look at Canada failed. They, they lost their guns and the uh, crime went sky high. And Australia. Australia, the same, same deal. They gave up their guns. Well, that's and, why I thought, uh, like Mona said, I thought this uh, school shooting, well, I'm thinking she was MK Ultra. Something to make her go in there like James McVeigh when he blew up that building. Uh, he was another scapegoat. So much of this. Yes. I knew um, Billy Hayes, who was an FBI agent with that situation. And McVeigh had nothing to do with it. But he was the one that they scapegoat. Uh, he did not kill those children in that building and all that. And I mean, I remember the pictures of Billy and everything. And he knew about the towers. He was the one person who was putting up the towers, not days or weeks, or, but years before the incident of the first bombing, let alone the second bombing. Billy Hayes was a big, um, you taught me about the towers and how they're liquefying the soil around them and causing earthquakes and all kinds of things, just like the stupid windmills. I mean, there's just so much damage that people just don't realize that you got to get your shungite. Because I swear that's the only thing that has saved my ass is the shungite. From all these energies that are attacking everybody all the time. I mean, oh, goodness. That was the Oklahoma City bombing. Right. And my... My boss uh, was in the arms deal. Well, you know, I mean, that's what we did. We sold grenade launchers, and we knew an awful lot of people in ATF and in the, uh, you know, just the government, that side of the government. And he was told by one of the ATF officers in the building at the time that they were told, don't come in tomorrow. I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it in the least. Yeah, ATF people were not in the building. I think there was two of them that were in the building, but not many, not many more. They were all told to, you know, stand down. So, yeah, on and on and on. But let's change the world.
movement of the people is coming. It's never gonna go away. Welcome back to the Say What Show, April 22, 23. My name is Nancy Hopkins. With me is Dolly Howard, Walt Silva, and Mona Radler. Are you guys back? I am. I am. Hi, Dolly. I am Nancy. <laughs> okay. I agree so. with Mona that first hour. It did. Of course, I have no time anymore, but it really went fast. Well, that must have mean you're having a good time. Oh, yeah. I am. All right. Um, was there anything else you guys wanted to mention about what we just talked about? No. Okay. I want to try something. I recorded this thing from Facebook, and for some reason I can't find it. It's only, It's under three minutes. And I'm going to try playing it over this system here. Let me see. I got to do this thing here. Is that off? Yeah, that's off. Okay, so I got to unmute that there. And then I'm going to mute my microphone. Well, I guess I better stop talking before I mute my microphone. Uh, okay, so I'm going to, it's, it's, all it said is they knew, wait a minute, let me get this out of the way here. They knew about this massive bra in washing machine in 1981 and probably way before. I don't know what that means. I don't know where it came from, but it seems to be a clip from, well, 1981 type of thing. And it just uh, in three minutes was like, oh, isn't this interesting? So let's just see if it comes over my system okay. And um, I'm going to now mute myself and try to play this. be a self-perpetuating unconscious form of brainwashing created by a world totalitarian government based on money and that all of this is much more dangerous than one thinks and it's not just a question of individual survival wally but that somebody who's bored is asleep and somebody who's asleep will not say no 
See, I keep meeting these people. I mean, uh, just a few days ago, I met this man whom I greatly admire. He's a Swedish physicist, Gustav Bjornstrand. And he told me that he no longer watches television, he doesn't read newspapers, and he doesn't read magazines. He's completely cut them out of his life because he really does feel that we're living in some kind of Orwellian nightmare now and that everything that you hear now contributes to turning you into a robot. And when I was at Findhorn, I met this extraordinary English tree expert who had devoted his life to saving trees. He just got back from Washington, lobbying to save the redwoods. He's 84 years old. He always travels with a backpack because he never knows where he's going to be tomorrow. And when I met him at Findhorn, he said to me, where are you from? And I said, New York. He said, ah, New York. Yes, that's a very interesting place. Do you know a lot of New Yorkers who keep talking about the fact that they want to leave but never do? And I said, oh, yes. And he said, why do you think they don't leave? I gave him different banal theories. He said, oh, I don't think it's that way at all. He said, I think that New York is the new model for the new concentration camp, where the camp has been built by the inmates themselves, and the inmates are the guards, and they have this pride in this thing they've built. They've built their own prison, and so they exist in a state of schizophrenia, where they are both guards and prisoners, and as a result, they no longer have, having been lobotomized, the capacity to leave the prison they've made or to even see it as a prison. And then he went into his pocket and he took out a seed for a tree and he said, this is a pine tree. He put it in my hand and he said, escape before it's too late. See, actually for two or three years now, Chiquita and I have had this very unpleasant feeling that we really should get out. And we really should feel like Jews in Germany in the late 30s. Get out of here. Of course, the problem is where to go because it seems quite obvious that the whole world is going in the same direction. See, I think it's quite possible that the 1960s represented the last burst of the human being before he was extinguished. And that this is the beginning of the rest of the future now. And that from now on, there'll simply be all these robots walking around, feeling nothing, thinking nothing. And there'll be nobody left almost to remind them that there once was a species called a human being with feelings and thoughts. And that history and memory are right now being erased, and soon nobody will really remember that life existed on the planet. I'm hoping you guys heard that. Did you hear it? Yeah, I agree with what he said. I mean, all the years that I lived in New York, I thought I was in prison. I mean, I, I spent the last five, the last five years was my, uh, daily, it was my effort looking for ways to escape. I just didn't know where or how, and, and the universe gave me a, a, a door because uh, thanks to a, a, a relative, I was able to get the hell out of Dodge. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, I would still be there. You have no, you have no idea the the different ways that I tried applying for jobs out of state, and and you find you objections to that because you have to. There's so many things that I tried. How do I get the hell out of here? So yeah, I agree that 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 things that that place is a prison. 1981. I mean, that's that's quite a long time ago. <laughs> hey, remember the show uh, oh, the, where New York was 
walled off because it was a prison. Yeah, escaping yes, yes. from New York. Yeah. With, uh, Kurt with, Douglas. Uh, Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. Yes. There you go. They showed us. I remember. They showed us. It's a prison. They, remember, they always have to show us what they're doing. What they're going to do, what they're doing. And there was another thing. Oh, oh dear, it left my head. Come back. Terminator. I mean, look what they're doing with these freaking AI shit. I've been screaming, Terminator, y'all. Don't let Terminator happen. It's happened. And and now they're showing us more. Uh, they're being more open about AI stuff. It's, this world, oh my gosh. Well, when um, Tucker was interviewing uh, Musk, Tucker said that about Terminator. He said, is this the Terminator, you know, movies come to life? And Musk said, uh, no. He said, the Terminators are the ones that are the visual what's happening. He said, but in reality, it's happened in every technological device that anybody is owning and it's happened now we are inside the machine it's just how how do we we have how do we figure out how to get out of it or take control it makes shanghai turns the machine to your to your advantage yes it It, does that's that's why gaia sent sent you shanghai if there was ever not an accident, that was not an accident. <laughs> no, I believe that. I really, really do. Because even though sometimes, like when Derek was making the power plug cat um, covers, I bought every one he made. <laughs> I put them on all my receptacles, and it made this room smile. So, and the rest of the house is a different story. Even though I put magnets and stickers and all that in certain places um i'm gonna go ask him to move down for a little while so he can you hear the saw what is that a, a blender or a saw what what is it he's cutting branches because oh. is crossing the doors and the um sidewalk and that so but he's done for the moment but I, I would not have Shanghai with me if I didn't believe in Shanghai. Right now, I'm wearing two pieces. <clears throat> so. Well, I think it was the key to making the changes. Because, I mean, if it, 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 let's, let's just look at my case, okay? In 2014, I had done the first 5G show I ever did. It was in 2014. I was seeing this awful thing that I had been told about back in the 70s. Okay? Um, because I just was told what was happen- was going to happen. It was the electromagnetic uh, system that was going to take control. So I'd been watching it. I tried to start a company that would take measurements in the people's houses because you could make changes. Nobody would listen to me. I was all you know, there were there were very few of us out there that knew what the problem was. So, what happened was that 
2014, I had given up on it. I, I had just basically said, there's no way I'm going to be able to fight from that angle. And that's why I spent so much time on the radio doing shows, trying to manipulate people's thoughts by us having the discussions and feeding the collective consciousness. It's the only way I could figure out, you know, how to make, you had to change their friggin' brains before you could, you know, get them to understand what you were saying to them, 2014. So that's when I got introduced to Shanghai. Now, it, and it came because all of a sudden people were like, oh my God, I just found out electromagnetic energy is going to kill us all. And, you know, it was like, I said, Gaia, give me something to give these people. It was a Facebook group that they'd all of a sudden found out this and it was bing, 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 bing. And um, so then I went about my business and within 20 minutes, maybe less, I come across the statement that says that uh, the Russians were using Shanghai to shield their military equipment from electromagnetic pulse. Whoa. And so I went back to the group and I said, research this Shungite stuff. And I went back to what I was doing. The next day I come back and all of a sudden the group starts ping, 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 ping. And they couldn't find anything out about Shungite. They didn't know what it was or what. And I went, oh, good Lord, it looks like I've got to look at this myself. That was when I started researching Shungite. And I would have done... I mean, I found where you could buy it, that type of thing. I would have done a precursory thing. I don't know that I would have gotten into it. But the next week, Reverend Lee Brown comes to visit, and what happens? Well, she has Shungite with her. She had just gotten it. She got the shipment from a company she bought many times over. Shungite was a new addition. She bought some of it that the day before she flew down to Miami. And that's how I got introduced to it. So if you just look at it from one person's, you know, interaction with Shanghai, this was this was pretty, I mean, this is thought and action. The synchronicities, what was happening was like, okay, so what is this Shanghai? And of course, once I had my hands on the Shanghai, it was like, what is this stuff? <laughs> you know, it was the most magical thing I'd ever had my in my hands. And I was... You know, very, very, I'd been working the mineral world for, for years. So just from my standpoint, it was a pretty, I mean, it changed my life. And I met Malt, I met, I mean, everything changed in 2014. Okay, all based on my, in my life on Shanghai. I mean, I made a company, I mean, you know the story, right? Well, so, I remember you saying that your radio was going in and out, funky sounding, and she had a ring and that you put it over the antenna and it, class, it clear, cleared it all up. That's no, what it means. Yeah, what, what had happened is that Lee Brown was a psychic telephone person. Right. So she needed the Wi-Fi. And she had this little antenna system that she could hook up and now she's got Wi-Fi in my house. She turned that thing on and I almost projectile vomited. It was so awful. And I said, I can't handle that. And she looked at me weirdly, then looked at her hand, took a ring off, and went over and put it on the antenna. Just slid the ring over the antenna. And all of a sudden, boom, the entire room changed into something that was really nice. And what the hell did you just do? 
She said, I got this stuff called Shunga or Shunga, Shungite, I think, you know, and I'm going like, oh, my God, what is this stuff? <laughs> you know, it's haunting me now. And uh, so in 2014, I said to, to Gaia, you know, what what do you want me to do? with What is this? And she said to me, get Shungite to the masses. So that was my mission. OK, get Shungite to the masses. Well, now we've got Shungite in every country in the world. Shungite that we can say, yes, it's there. Why? Because we've got a map of the world and people are putting on the map where the Shungite, where they've put Shungite, and it's all over the world. There's two pieces in the Antarctic. Mm-hmm. You know, so you've got a web of Shungite that is now encompassing the world. And since 2014, everything has gone into hyperdrive. The changes. As the Shungite grid grew, everything was was changing. It's all documented in the Cosmic Reality Chronicles. This is what's so amazing about the entire story. It's chronicled day by, well, week by week by week by week. What were the changes made? And then what happens? You get February 21st, 2020. That plasma ball exploded over the Shungite field. This blue plasma that changed the Shungite and the Shungite is got a quantum entanglement like nothing else in the world. All right. In other words, if if I go and I I go into my stuff, I've got rubies from North Carolina, I've got rubies from India, I've got rubies from some other places, and I bring them together. Every one of those rubies is going to have the base frequency of ruby, but then they're going to have everything else attached to that particular location. So is there a quantum connection between Ruby? Well, yes and no. Yes, there's a basic quantum connection, but nothing like you have with Shanghai, because the only place in the world you can get Shanghai is in Karelia, Russia. Now, it's, it's sitting there, and it's full of C60s. C60 molecules do not just naturally occur on the face of the Earth except in very minimal trace amounts. Uh, There's a couple of them that are associated with meteorite strikes. There's a couple of them in gold mines, you know, uh, where you get trace amounts, but nothing like you get in the Shungite bed. So every single particle of that Shungite is quantum entangled. It all came from the same source. It all happened at the same time. And it must have come through the... The, the outer space, because it's only in interstellar space that you see that many C60. And NASA, now about three or four years ago, came out and said that, in their opinion, the C60 was the most prevalent molecule in interstellar space. So the only explanation for it getting here is it came from outer space. It was a gift from somebody. You know, God... Gaia, de Gaia, say, uh, and the other thing about it is, is that in the area of Shungite is where you find the oldest vestiges of life. Now, I'm not saying human life. Some idiot got all over me. Oh, human beings didn't. I, I didn't say human beings. I said life. <laughs> there was life on the planet long before human beings came around. But the first vestiges of life itself is in the surrounding area. 
of the Shungite field. So it to me, Gaia called out and said, okay, I've gone as far as I can go here. You guys need to send me some building blocks so I can create real life on the planet. And boom, it starts with Shungite. So yes, Shungite cannot be overestimated as being a changing factor because what happened when that blue plasma ball hit, okay? Remember the date, February 21st, 2020. Within like 11 days, they began to lock down the entire world. All right? And there's that Hopi prophecy of the blue star Kachina. What did it say? When you see the blue star out of the, coming out of the heavens, it marks the end of the old world and the beginning of the new world. So the, the fingerprint of Shungite in the changes that we're seeing is all over the place. That's just my rendition of why Shungite is so important. And what does it do for the individual? It does exactly like Mona is, is explaining. It puts you in a bubble of energy that is balancing, healing, and connects you to the higher information, the higher levels of energy that give us the ability to be able to see things that other people can't see. It's it's just. I saw within the last two days. Might have been today, even I don't know. Um. Somebody said, isn't it time for Shungite, Shungite to be updated? Uh, Shungite to be updated? Updated to what? It's pretty super right now. The whole situation is, is people don't recognize that vibrational conditions about give and take. Because it gives, we take, then we give back. We're part of a system. It's like when um, we're a grid now. You know, whoever has, that's why I ring the Shungite in my Tibetan bowls at three o'clock, Monday through Friday. I forget the other days. <laughs> but <laughs> on my show, it's three o'clock because that vibrates everybody who's around Shungite. And it's third eye, throat, and heart. So that's my sublunable purpose for my unmuting. Where did Mona go? She muted. I think it's because of the saw in the background. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's what happened. Um, okay, the other thing we should mention here is... Uh, Jan Shaw, I'm not sure she's still in chat, but she's going to go back to Great Britain. And she's been going to go there a couple of times and then backed off from it. But now it's it's basically a done deal. She's got the dog, Keisha, booked. So they're going to pick her up where, at her, at the, where the RV is or wherever they're at at that moment. And take her all the way to California because it's only in California that you can get the plane with animals. And the guy that she found is like just a real honey bunch. And, so, you know, she feels so much better about he's going to be the one that picks her up and takes her in, you know. 
it's costing quite a bit of money, but it's certainly wor worth it when you've got a dog lover that's going to take your dog to the airport to get you back to where you, I can't believe she's going back to Great Britain as bad as this is. That's even worse. But she feels like she needs to, to do this. So she's going to um, continue her shows and hopefully continue the second week she's uh, of the Saturday shade, say what show she's here. But now she's going to be six hours uh, ahead of us, ahead of us or behind us, ahead of us. It, it, it's funny that uh, we knew Jan that uh, she had this, uh, she would rotate the bending on the season and she would go from Arizona to Colorado. Then when it got cold, she would go back to Arizona. Remember, she had the, this this uh, this thing all year round where she she's a change. snowbird. She yeah, was she, a snowbird. Yeah. She would keep changing with the seasons. And I just I today I had a phone conversation with a with a client, he who's a British national, but he lives in Spain because he says I can't stand the cold. He says I love the sun. <laughs> so. Um, when it's uh, when it's summer in Spain, he says it's extremely hot. I, he says I can't take it. And there's too many tourists here, so he goes back to Britain in the summertime. So he reminded me of Jan. I said, "Well, you have a compatriot in in the U.S. that does the same thing <laughs> with the change of seasons. She goes from Arizona to Colorado or back to Arizona, you know, depending on the weather, and that's that's what he does." So it's interesting but that was in the same country. He does two different <laughs> countries. Yeah. Right. Fortunately, they're they're very they're near to uh, you know England and Spain. They're not that far away. Mm-hmm. That's kind of funny, isn't it? Because <laughs> they're both on the coast, right? Uh, depending yeah. on where you are, I I don't know where. Depending on where you are in the in the country, I guess. Well, uh, if you if you look at um, the world map, it's like Britain. Okay, the area of Britain basically could have broken off from uh, like New England and, and southern Canada because of the 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 rocks, the minerals, everything about it. it says that you know when when the at one time there was one big piece of land, and it broke up into different things. And that might have been the demarcation point between the east coast of the United States and the west coast of Great Britain. So it's all up there. But when you get to Spain, it's a little bit farther south. So, you know, still, it's this is a huge country, the United States. And that's their problem. There's too many, too many people all over the country that it's a melting pot you know i mean when we see all this crazy shit and i can't even i mean there was so much crazy shit to that this last week about one thing after the other that your mind goes oh my god you think you're going to remember it but it was so crazy it doesn't even kind of fit in your normal reality right. so I, I can't even remember what some of this stuff was but it was uh Oh, I mean, just just crazy crap. That, and again, a lot of it is this government stuff that we see that it just doesn't make any sense. I mean, let, let, let's go back to the to this question of these men being on. Why are they trying to destroy women's sports? 
And they just had a bill go up before Congress, and it stated that at the federal level, you would not get any funding if you were allowing men, <laughs> saying they're women, to be on a woman's team. Okay? And it went up before Congress, and it got voted on. Every Republican voted for it. Every Democrat voted against it. You know, and your mind kind of reels. It's like, wait a minute. The Democratic Party was the party that pushed the Title 12, which made it mandatory that there were women's sports in schools because there weren't any at that point. I mean, very, very seldom would you find women's sports being taught at the high school level or elementary, but, you know, mostly high school, college level. And so they made it mandatory. If you're going to have men's teams, then you're going to have women's teams. And they were the ones that that fought for this. And now not one Democratic congressperson would say, yes, that doesn't make any sense. You've got these men that come into a sporting event that are obviously men. You know, and they're win- what? It doesn't make any sense. In the, I, I, and people are going along with this. I mean, the Democratic Party of the Congress voted, no, we're not going to go. We're not going to tell people that they have to not let women, uh, men, play on women's. Does this make any sense to anybody? <laughs> I mean, it's really gone insane. And I don't know. I mean, this is all. Well, they keep feeding. feeding, They keep feeding feeding the the division. Division. Things that cause division division between people. But it's living a lie. It's promoting a lie. It's saying here we can get away with this illusion, even though by all biological rights of creation, a male is a male, and they have certain body structures and literally are above females because women have different body structures. They're not the same conditions. Exactly. And that was one of the things that came out this week, okay? Judge or whoever the, the transportation secretary is and some spokesperson for that department came out and, and, and what they want to happen is they want the crash dummies to be women in car you know, when they crash them. Okay, so this was one of the funniest segments on Gutfeld, okay? So they're talking about this because it's like, so what are they going to do? Are they going to put skirts on the, on the male dummies? But they want $2 million to make this happen. So they're going to give $2 million to the auto industries to somehow or another make a female dummy for crash tests. All right. So, well, one of his guests, very funny person, he says, I, I, I don't like this at all. No, this is not right. He said, there's a lot of women out there that need a job. Why do you need robots? Maybe you should get the, you know, these AI, these robots are taking these people people's jobs. And Cuttenfeld says, they're crash dummies. He says, yes, my point, but, the, you know, and so they say they, they got into this thing about, yeah, the robots are taking the jobs away from 
people and the job is crashed on me. But you know, I mean, that's how insane everything is. Is it? Uh, but then Gutfeld says, wait a minute. He says, wait a minute. Now, they're going to, they're, they are openly admitting they're going to spend $2 million to take a crash dummy and make it not a male, make it a female. So they are attesting to the fact that there are differences between men and women, correct? He says, didn't this blow that transgender thing out of the water right now? <laughs> because it's so stupid that they they do things like this. It it's it's like being in a crazy world. You know? That guy in nineteen eighty one, he had it down. Not only are they inmates, but they've all been convinced that crazy is sane. <laughs> okay. Who flew over the cuckoo's nest? What was that one? That, oh, reminds, that reminds me, me of, the of the prisoner, prisoner that, that did something. Did some- he got sent to jail, but he says, I identify. Oh, he for rape. He got sent to jail for rape. He says, well, I identify as a woman. So they put him in a woman's prison. And lo and behold, some of those women inmates, I think it was two or three, come up pregnant by him who identifies as a woman. This is so much BS. He identified as a woman so he could get in the woman's prison and rape more women or have sex with them, whatever. Uh, This is insanity. Yep, absolutely. But let's, let's take it, let's kind of switch around all together, all right? Did you start watching Skywalker? Skywalker. Sky. No. Yes. What's the name of it? Uh, uh, skin. No, skin, Skinwalker. Skinwalker Skin Ranch. Did you start watching it again? Yes, I did. Oh, my God. I don't know what they're into. This is, People, if you're not watching Skywalker Ranch. It's Skinwalker. A Skinwalker. Skinwalker. Skinwalker Ranch. It's the uh, History Channel. Okay. This is a ranch that's had uh, all sorts of phenomena for ever and ever. And they've got, it was bought out by a a tech guy who's got a lot of money and he bought this thing. And then he brought in people that are scientific types to be able to look at what's really happening there and to take a good look at it. I think Bigelow owned it before he did. And they wouldn't release any of the research that they did on the on the ranch, which is an uh, odd thing, you know. But anyway, so and Trevor, what's his last name? Is it Trevor? Taylor. 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 What's his name? Trevor Taylor. Trevor Taylor. Okay. Now this guy, when before Sky Skinwalker Ranch, was one of the most handsome people on television. And since been there, he has aged so fast. He does not. Yeah. Yeah. So they're into some really nasty shit there. But he came out with the opening of this show and admitted to being the science advisor on that, uh, they call it what? On NASA? No, unidentified aerial phenomena, that thing that was sort of replaced the blue book. On looking oh. at UFOs, and then uh, 
they disbanded it, but then they brought it back, and, and now they're the ones that are releasing all of these the Tic Tac thing, you know, yeah. the, you know those those videos and stuff. He was the science advisor on that while he was doing Skinwalker, and you know he's he's got to tell the his coworkers that he's been lying to them, but they just closed it down or something. He was released from his secrecy vow. And he could admit that he'd been working on the UFO project for the government while he was working on this one. And so now they've got even more equipment and an idea of, I I, I don't know where they really are in their heads, but they, 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 they keep going deeper and deeper into this thing. And the first episode that they had, they went up in a helicopter because they keep getting, they shoot rockets up and some, like the rockets seem to hit something above them and then get bounced in an opposite direction. It, all sorts of, I can't even get into all this weird phenomena and they keep throwing stuff at it to try to get it to react. So this time they go up and they've got a laser that's looking down like the LIDAR things, the ones that can see through the jungles and see what's underneath it. And that thing was showing that there was something right outside the helicopter, but they couldn't see it, even though it was coming up on this laser equipment. And when they would try to get go through this area that they're looking at, where the phenomena seems to be kind of like uh, sourced, let's say, they were getting pushed like the winds were, there was a, a, a wind that would come around and all of a sudden push them away from where they wanted to go. And then, and they're take, and he's got wind recordings all over the helicopter. And he said, "These are not natural winds. There is no wind." He said, "There's some kind of wind that's being created that's pushing us." On. I mean, good lord, they had to kind of do an emergency landing because of something. I don't know if I think it might have been the lidar equipment or whatever. But you know, I mean, it's like getting really kind of like, oh my god, what, what what's going to happen next? And in this next episode. They're putting up this drone blanket. You've you've seen them probably videos of these lights in the sky dancing around like birds do, and you know all these amazing uh, maneuvers that they can make. So they've got this blanket of all these drones, hundreds of them, and they're going to send them up together in a in a blanket type of thing. And they show you in the clip for next week that as it goes up, all of a sudden. The middle part of it like hits something and they start to go out of formation. So I don't know what this is about. It's getting really, really deeply interesting. But you got to believe at this point in the game that this is some kind of disclosure. Big time disclosure. Yeah. It sounds like a ship with a with an active cloaking field. Or programming. Gosh. Chainsaw. It's all programming. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, so uh, it's something to, if you don't, not doing anything, or you, I mean, it's pro- you can probably get it on the History Channel. I think that they let you look at episodes. But it is, I, I'm, I'm firmly convinced that there's much, much more to this. Because they, I mean, there's black helicopters come in. The last time, when they ended the show, they were 
having problems with people intruding onto the property. I mean, it, it's just an amazing story. And they were intruding blatantly yeah. because the guys went to from the ranch, went and confronted them. Right, and we never did quite find out what that was all about. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Just sort of ended, and it's like they didn't kind of wrap that up. So there's something, something big happening there. Now, the other one is another History Channel one, and it's Oak Island. You know, the sec- the secret behind Oak Island or whatever it is. The curse, the curse of Oak curse, Island. yeah. Yep. And that is getting really... Well, first off, it's not it's not as um, exciting as it used to be, because you know, you know it's there. It's yeah. just a matter of getting to it. There's no yeah. doubt about it. They've got water. Uh, they they finally ended up testing the water to see if there was gold and silver in it. And sure enough, and like a lot of gold and a lot of silver is down there. But what is uh, intrigue very intriguing to me is that the Templar connection is absolutely being made. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They, this coming week, they're going to go to um, someplace in Europe, I'm not even sure where, where there's a, a, a like a cave system that is definitely, a, a, was created by the Templars. And they apparently are finding symbols that are there in that cave that are found on Oak Island. So the Templars were probably the, maybe the first uh, depositors, because it seems like there were other groups of people that also put treasure in Oak Island, like pirates, (laughs) those kind of people, (laughs) you know. But so there's different deposits there. And they're on top of one of them that is uh, was the original money pit that apparently um, that's where they're finding that they started taking samples. They they kept putting into these drill holes, you know, they're probably four inch drill holes. And they they finally get somebody says, why don't we test the water? And so they tested the water and they started getting gold and silver and they kept going and finding out where's the, where's the most gold and silver, and it turned out it was right back there at the money pit. Uh, and that thing is getting, there's so many things happening at so many levels in that story. And again, I feel it's some kind of a disclosure thing. But in both cases, probably there was some kind of a, you can't, you're not going to be able to find out what it is until you're ready for it. And so I think that, we're getting ready to have some major, major upsets in the way that we look at any of the, or not us guys, but those other guys, the, you know. Well, Dave <laughs> said there will be major things. Yeah. Soon. Exposed. Major things. Exposed. It's coming to pass. And there seems to be a lot more UFO stuff. Mona, talk about those... Uh, links that you gave us after last week's show well because dolly was saying they were night watching the ufo show and for some reason that evening i got it from sky ships over cashiers mary joyce i've met her twice she's written some interesting books um 
And she has skyships over cashiers because that's where a lot of the orbs are. That's in North Carolina? Yeah. So what I th- was thinking when you were saying that is, and, and Walt, there's so many different dimensional realms of realities depending on what you think, how you feel, <clears throat> what you've been programmed, etc. That there's many mansions in his father's house. <laughs> You know what I mean? That's why that we have outside of us those non-something players. What is it? You know, background background players. Right. All oh, the NCPs, the non-played characters. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, remember when I took a picture of the moon and <laughs> the Enterprise showed up? Yes. <laughs> I do. That's interesting. Yeah, it is. And I wasn't even looking at that point. I just thought the moon was pretty beautiful. It was full. And I thought, I need to take a picture of that. And I listened to my voices. And I sent it to Nancy and said, what do you see up here? And she said, the Enterprise. (laughs) Confirmed me. I'll have to see if I can find that picture. I was looking for it, and I couldn't find it, because I wanted to show Rob, because he's kind of into what we are, but not as deep. I wanted to show him that. Well, I'm not sure that in your case that a lot of this stuff isn't angels playing with you. (laughs) Let's get her to take a picture of the moon, and we'll put an image of the Enterprise (laughs) in it. That'll that'll rock her socks. (laughs) Angels. They're entities that have unconditional love and respect and want to help humanity. Oh, well, probably all life. They probably have animals and things like that. What they portray to us, does that really make them those that are angels? I don't know. Well, maybe it's the popcorn eaters. <laughs> because I've had the... Uh, Enter. Oh, not, where's my word? I've talked with them and been with them. They come and see me in human form, even. Right. Uh, I believe compl- there's no way anyone could convince me there's no angels. <laughs> well, me neither. I saw four of them when they stopped me from rear-ending somebody stopped in the middle of the road. I mean, what a story. Yeah. I've seen the angels, but... Only one angel did I see in a like a Catholic garb, and it was a very sad angel walking across the street. And that's uh-huh. only because, well, a woman was murdered and her body was thrown in the lake he was walking by. The, my herb store, when I had, oh, I could tell you stories about demons, vampires. Oh, I learned so much about things because I never questioned it. And I never poo-pooed it. I just watched what was going on through my life. And I think that's because I can just be okay today. Because I had to face those realities that some people would just make foo-foo. You know what you? Can you give us an example? Because I think that... Just can you give us an example, an episode where you actually confronted evil spirit okay i'm sitting in my store i had a round table that i would do tarot cards on and herbal 
um, make up herbal remedies, right? And uh, this guy comes in and he says, I um, was this okay? Right now, they're kind of, I mean, this was a long time ago. Um, something about eating human entrails and that he was a re reincarnated Marilyn Monroe and a few other things like that. It's a good thing I had another human being in the room with me. So I suggested to him that he sit down and I get him a glass of water. And then at that time, there weren't cell phones. So I had to have the guy that was there with me go next door to call the cops. <laughs> Come to find out, he, he escaped from somewhere. But I've had people that come in and tell me their vampire excursions, like trying to set people up and control them and do all that. I mean, I had all kinds of people. But I also had medicine men that were very honorable and taught me a whole lot about my own native heritage. And it was all in my face, you know, where the third eye opens and you basically walk through into another dimension kind of stuff. And um, uh, just incidences of where I saw the four angels when I'm drunk. I used to set up at a market and I had my son with me and we had an iguana and he might have been nine years old and an S10 pickup truck and the back of my truck was full of ceramics and cactus dishes and gardens and cut flowers and herbs. And I'm going home down the road. It's a four lane road one way. If you hit one light, you usually hit them all to a certain segment of the section, you know. Well, this one car was parked in the middle of the intersection. And I'm going 30 miles. It's a normal speed for a main road like that. And the guy stopped and basically. I could not five down speed so fast, but I did. Okay, I did. But I also saw the two angels in front pushing and two angels in the back pulling, slowing down my truck. So I ended up on this guy's bumper. I barely touched him. Now, this is within a minute and a half. He wasn't even watching the light to see if it turned green or not. Okay. Get out of the truck after everything was demolished in my truck. His car had a piece of scratch, like a piece of chalk on it. I dropped on his window and we rolled it down. And I said, do you know that I just hit the back end of you? And I couldn't go into either lane beside me because the light had turned green again. And when you go green and get to 30, you can't just. <laughs> so I had cars on each side of me. So I had to wait. Till they were done going by, till I went to his car. And he said, No, I didn't. And he says, I'm Reverend. And I went, Fuck. Oh, pardon me. <laughs> so that, <laughs> that, um, you know, that that kind of stuff really does happen. You know, because it could have been a catastrophe in many more manners than it was. Because I could you, could, you could have killed the Reverend. And his wife. Oh, gee. Thank you, angels. Mona would have been devastated. Well, not just that. They should not. Why weren't they paying attention to what was going on around them? It's a good darn thing I was. 
Well, maybe because this was a setup so that your angels would show up and you would go, oh, my God, I believe in angels. And it would make the difference in your life. I had conditions happen to me around when I was a child that, no, I know there's angels. But I also know that everything comes in its form of the moment that needs to be. And if they can be their authentic self, too, they get to play in their role how they want to play, too. You know, it's not just some fantasy that I'll think, oh, the angels. No, no, no. There's all kinds of angels. I have a parking angel. I know. Don't you love them? I had to do yes. it so twice. <laughs> <laughs> I do. <laughs> Every time. And Annette says, Mom, get the parking angel to do his job. So and now she's even gotten where she'll say, parking angel, we're coming up to here. And we get a front row, front row seat right next to the door. <laughs> and um, I bet the boys, Doc and Furlock, the dog and the cat, they have angels too. Um, Furlock's been throwing up for three days, and I said, I've been asking his angel, please take care of him. Well, finally, Russell was told uh, by an angel that Furlock couldn't eat that kind of cat food anymore. So um, we got him new kind for sensitive stomach, and I forgot the other thing. Uh and that's because of the angels, because Furlock's angel and Russell's angel. And Doc has his angel that takes care of him. Um, he got out twice and went running toward the street. One time he got in the street, and there was a purse, a car coming, and the car missed him. And it was a miracle that the car missed him. So even the, the animals have their angels. Like Mona says, there's an angel for everything. Yes, there is. And some come in wolves' clothing, but that's okay. I like wolves, too. It's just, if people were just allowed to know how the earth science actually is here to help us accept the creative role that we were each put here to manifest. And it's been drummed out of us that we're not allowed okay i got an architecture degree because i knew the future i might need to know how to build houses you know i got uh, this herbal stuff going on because of what needed to be done to make people healthy enough to get through this stuff well it's all changed now but um you know everything that i've done has been for the betterment of the future. Well, our future's been stolen from us at the rate it's going now, which is really sad, but that's how I feel about it. Go ahead. I have eight o'clock. Oh, geez. All right. Thank you. Uh, I didn't want to tell you, but I have no, eight no, o'clock. No, 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 no. Okay, everybody, we got to uh, say adios here. <laughs> bye. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Thank you. Say what? Say what radio show? With no agenda, it's always a surprise.
But if we're not having fun, we're doing something wrong. <laughs>